0: Section 3 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 7, February, 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Tehuantepec Ship Railway by Elmer L. Cortell, CE, DSC, etc. The world is still discussing the question of the best route by which to facilitate interoceanic traffic between the Atlantic and the Pacific. Commercial interests now center on three routes Panama, Nicaragua, and Tehuantepec. The first has entailed enormous expenses on France and involved many of its prominent citizens in serious complications. The second has been specially urged on the United States as the American route the third advocated for many years by a great genius has been advanced to such a state by mexico as to be the only work that present conditions have justified addressing ourselves to the advantages of the tehuantepec route its interesting constructive commercial and geographic features must be prefaced by a brief historical resume the mexican republic in eighteen twenty four invited proposals to open the isthmian route but internal dissensions delayed action in 1842 Santa Anna granted a charter to Jose de Garay, but the only tangible result was the complete survey of the isthmus by Gaetano Moro, an able Italian engineer. In 1850 efforts to negotiate treaty rights for the United States in this respect failed, but by the Tehuantepec Railroad Company, chartered by Mexico, exhaustive surveys of the route were made under the direction of general j g barnard u s a by mr j j williams whose report of eighteen fifty two is the most complete ever published in eighteen sixty eight the louisiana tehuantepec company conducted a large transportation business of freight and passengers over a partly built wagon road but its charter of eighteen fifty seven was soon forfeited the life of the lacery grant of eighteen sixty seven Nullified in eighteen seventy nine was marked by the active interest of the United States in the problem of interoceanic communication in eighteen seventy commodore shuffled sailing with an able corps of army and navy assistants exhaustively surveyed tehuantepec and nicaragua and in his report strongly advocated the tehuantepec route for its many advantages mexico cooperated in an independent survey under Señor m f leal now her secretary of public works it was president diaz who initiated railroad construction and has so earnestly persisted in efforts to open an international route across this isthmus under the charter of eighteen seventy eight mister edward learned an american constructed twenty-two miles receiving a subsidy of twelve thousand dollars per mile but in eighteen eighty two he surrendered his charter to the mexican government receiving by arbitration under charter provisions one hundred twenty five thousand dollars in mexican silver and one million five hundred thousand dollars in gold these futile private efforts led mexico to undertake the work herself but she soon reverted to the contract system and under mr D. sanchez a mexican some miles of truck were laid on the atlantic and pacific sides at an expense of one million four hundred thirty four thousand one hundred thirty five dollars in mexican silver in eighteen eighty two a loan of two million seven hundred thousand pounds was negotiated and mr e McMurdo of london contracted to repair the track built and complete the road proper much work was done, but Mr. McMurdo died, and the contract was abrogated, the company having failed to comply with its terms. Some $2 million of Mexican silver remained, and with this sum and an additional appropriation of $1,111,035 in silver, Messrs. C. S. Stanhope, J. H. Hampson, and E. L. Cartel completed the railroad in 1894. Mexico now operates it and is spending $1 million in gold under a contract with Mr. S. Hermanos to perfect the equipment and finish some permanent structures. Since 1878, including the last contract and excluding interest, Mexico has spent on the route $16 million in gold and $2,670,170 in Mexican silver the completion and operation of this railroad will greatly facilitate the construction of the ship railway when the time arrives to build it as it may with great advantage be employed to distribute supplies materials and laborers along the line of the ship railway and thus be used as an auxiliary line which mr reeds had intended to build in advance for this purpose permit me now to state the part taken by mr reeds in solving the problem of interoceanic transit in a letter to the New York Tribune, June tenth, 1879, he advocated a ship railway at Panama instead of a ship canal. As against the doubtful project of a ship canal and in favor of a ship railway, he said, quote, My own studies have satisfied me of the entire feasibility of such transportation by railroad, and I have no hesitation in saying that for a sum not exceeding one-third of the estimated cost of the canal, namely about $50 million, the largest ships which enter the port of new york can be transferred when fully loaded with absolute safety across the isthmus on a railway constructed for the purpose within twenty four hours from the moment they are taken in charge in one sea until they are delivered into the other ready to depart on their journey he urged the construction of a ship railway on de lesseps but the great frenchman said a canal at sea level or nothing he found nothing at a cost not of one hundred twenty million dollars but of two hundred and fifty million dollars mr reeds then turned his attention to the much more advantageous route of tehuantepec only eight hundred miles from the mississippi jetties and it was my good fortune to be henceforth associated with him until his death the concessions of may eighteen eighty-one modified in eighteen eighty-five provided for the construction and operation of the ship railway for ninety-nine years many liberal provisions were included such as the donation of about two million seven hundred thousand acres of land ample rights of way right to collect tonnage and wharf dues far the most valuable grant was the guarantee that one-third of the net revenue of the company for fifteen years from the opening of the railway should amount to one million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars with the right to secure a similar guarantee for two million five hundred thousand dollars to cover the remaining two-thirds of the interest from the foreign nations but with the understanding that this guarantee should be sought from the united states mr reeds made the plans with his customary skill and after obtaining the approval of many prominent naval architects and engineers came to the united states congress with a bill for the charter contemplated in the mexican concession scarcely two months later the promoters of the nicaragua canal came before congress with a somewhat similar measure and the two projects antagonized each other up to the death of mr reeds in 1887 meanwhile the most exhaustive surveys were made and a satisfactory route was laid down between the ocean terminals of the isthmus the requirements of the charter as to beginning construction work were fully complied with and the amount of construction work done by mr Eads will be best appreciated by the statement that about five hundred thousand dollars in gold was expended from the tehuantepec railroad to the panama railroad measured along the pacific coast is about twelve hundred statute miles and to the nicaragua canal about eight hundred miles all commerce from these more southern routes must pass directly by the pacific terminus of the tehuantepec railroad in going to san francisco oregon yokohama or hong kong on the atlantic side tehuantepec has similar advantages in distance over southern routes the calculation shows that on eighteen routes to be affected by opening up tehuantepec the aggregate saving in distance over the present cape routes and panama is over 125,000 miles and by sail routes nearly 200,000 miles. Mr. Thomas J. Vivian, an expert statistician of the Census Office, was engaged to make a report upon the probable traffic on the proposed ship railway. The results of his very careful and extended investigation and his clear analysis and grouping of a great number of facts fully justified his selection. The detailed estimates show that in eighteen ninety six we might expect a traffic of five million two hundred and eighty eight thousand tons of freight if the railroad were fully equipped and sufficient time had elapsed to develop the new commerce. At a rate of two dollars per ton, to include handling and transporting from ship to ship, and adding to the total receipts from freight the passenger receipts, we will have a gross income of ten million five hundred and seventy six thousand dollars. Estimating the operating expenses at 60% of the gross receipts, which for through traffic is sufficient, we shall have a net income of $4,294,000. The estimates of traffic for a ship railway, in the same conservative manner, give a total traffic for 1896 of 7,263,000 tons, which at $2 per ton would yield a gross income of 14,000,000 five hundred twenty six thousand dollars assuming the cost per ton for transporting from ocean to ocean including all expenses at fifty cents the net income would be eleven million forty four thousand dollars the cost of moving steamships through any canal on the american isthmus will amount to more than the cost of operating the ship railway the time in transit through the restricted channels and locks at nicaragua will be twice as great as the time required on the ship railway and will even exceed the time required on the railroad to load on the cars haul across the isthmus and reload into vessels the suez canal immeasurably easier to maintain than any canal would be at either panama or nicaragua cost for maintenance and working in eighteen eighty three two million seven hundred eighty four thousand eight hundred sixty nine dollars a careful study of the cost of operating the ship railway gives a safe estimate of thirty cents per ton i have no doubt that with a traffic of seven million tons this is ample but i have decided to use fifty cents per ton in the present estimate as to the cost of preparing the three routes under comparison for a large traffic the ship railway fully equipped for carrying vessels weighing ten thousand tons and seven million tons of freight will cost on a cash basis about sixty million dollars i shall not estimate the cost of building a ship canal at panama or nicaragua the former partly completed certainly not over one half has already cost probably two hundred fifty million dollars in cash and the plan changed from a sea-level canal to a log canal the practicability of which is extremely doubtful due to inadequate water supply in the dry season and as to nicaragua we must rely upon the report soon to be made public of the able board of engineers appointed by the president the presentation of the subject will not be complete without a resume of the proposed method of carrying ships overland by railway for we are accustomed to regard any method that has not the sanction of use as visionary many projects for commercial ship railways have been made during the last thirty years in eighteen seventy two bronleys and webb of great britain made plans for a ship railway across the american isthmus at honduras which would have been built but for the financial depression that soon followed it was intended to transport vessels of twelve hundred tons register the united states engineers have designed a steamboat railway to avoid the dangerous navigation of the Dulls of the columbia river the project and plans have received the approval of Congress and an appropriation of $100,000 has been made to begin work. The ship railway of Nova Scotia designed by Mr. H.G.C. catcham Sir John Fowler and Sir Benjamin Baker to connect the Gulf of St. Lawrence with the Bay of Fundy, deserves special attention as it is nearly completed. Of the $5,500,000 required all but one million five hundred thousand dollars has been expended the line is about seventeen miles long and hydraulic lifts are used for raising the vessels the platform on which the current vessel rest is about forty feet wide there are twenty hydraulic presses each twenty five inches in diameter with a stroke of forty feet and the system is capable of lifting a vessel carrying one thousand tons of cargo there are two trucks of standard gauge 18-foot census, with rails weighing 110 pounds per linear yard. This ship railway would now be in operation but for the lapse of the government charter during a temporary failure of funds for construction. It is confidently expected that the renewal of the charter and an extension of time will soon be granted. The hopes of all advocates of ship railway methods are centered in this comparatively small railway at Chignecto the main features of the ship railway designed for the tehuantepec isthmus are terminal docks provided with a great lifting steel pontoon which was sunken with a ship carriage to the bottom of a dock guided in its movements by a large number of vertical cylinders the ship is then floated in over the carriage and placed in exact position the pontoon is pumped out and the continuous keel block comes in contact with the keel of the vessel when a system of hydraulic rams working through the deck of the caisson pushes the keel block closely against the keel and also a large number of bilge blocks and side supports against the side of the vessel each one moving up vertically comes in contact with the ship when the adjustable surfaces of each support which is faced with rubber take the form of the vessel by means of a universal hinged joint the weight of the vessel is thus uniformly distributed according to the principle on which the hydraulic system was designed the locomotives are then coupled on and the vessel hauled to the opposite terminal where it is set afloat by exactly the reverse process at two points on the isthmus it becomes necessary in order to obtain grades of not more than one percent and to secure a practically straight line to arrange for an abrupt change of direction which is done by a great floating turntable simply a hollow pontoon grounded on the bottom of a masonry basin when the car is hauled upon it and then raised slightly upon its bearings by pumping water into the basin and made to revolve around a vertical central axis or guide until it takes the new direction there is an important advantage which the ship railways have over the ship canals in the american isthmus particularly in such rainy portions of it as panama and nicaragua the rainfall at the latter place ranging from two hundred inches to three hundred inches per annum the advantage lies in the fact that the ship railway is always above the floods while the canal is always below them and menaced at all times by most serious dangers the nicaragua route has been considered the american route if it is so then the tehuantepec route is still more american in reference to all commercial features and certainly is of more importance to us from a strategic point of view than any route out of the caribbean the clear and decided views of admiral shuffield upon its advantages were expressed as follows quote, each isthmus rises into importance as it lies nearer the centre of american political and commercial influence and the intrinsic value of this eminently national work ought to be based upon the inverse ratio of the distance from that centre a canal through the isthmus of Tehuantepec is an extension of the Mississippi River to the Pacific Ocean. It converts the Gulf of Mexico into an American lake. In time of war, it closes that gulf to all enemies. It is the only route which our government can control. So to speak, it renders our own territory circumnavigable. It brings New Orleans, 1,400 nautical miles, nearer to San Francisco than a canal via Darien. Unquote. The Tehuantepec route can be made more easily accessible to the United States and Mexico by railroad, over which armies and munitions of war can be quickly transported. The Gulf of Mexico is clear of foreign complications, belongs to these two great republics of the New World, and when Cuba shall have become a State of the Union, as it may in the near future, we shall hold the entire circuit of this great sea if on the other hand you look upon any english map of the caribbean sea you will notice that this great power holds every entrance to it belonging to great britain there are about twenty five different countries and islands from british guiana on the east to british honduras on the west which lying directly in front of panama and nicaragua guard all approach to them this important fact is not sufficiently appreciated in our plans for making the nicaragua canal a united states canal to be controlled fortified and defended by our comparatively small navy, against the preponderating naval powers of Europe. President Diaz is so fully convinced of the superior advantages of even an ordinary railroad at Tehuantepec over any other route located at more southerly points, that, in the face of the constant menace of the Nicaragua project, he has gone forward, in spite of stringent financial conditions in Mexico, to complete the National Railroad of Tehuantepec, and now that it is completed to provide adequate harbour terminal facilities and equipment for a large interoceanic traffic he looks upon the consummation of this great commercial undertaking as one of the most beneficent works of his long and glorious administration Note: the foregoing article is an abstract of a lecture delivered before the national geographic society november twenty second eighteen ninety five the lecture was considered so important a contribution to the literature of interoceanic communication that it has been printed in full as a public document by order of the Senate. See Senate document, number 34, 54th Congress, first session. End of note. End of section 3.